Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Sometimes we forget that one of the um, characteristics of God is that he's kind. We see God as lots of things, but sometimes we forget that he's kind, don't we? He's very kind, and I feel his kindness is in the building tonight. Isn't that nice? It is. It's very, very nice. Um, so there was this time uh, back in the days of my youth... It's getting further and further away each year goes by and it, uh, the days of my youth keep drifting into the past. But um, I don't know, I was about 13 or 14 and I, there was this thing that was going to go down and I really wanted to go and there was heaps of sex, drugs and rock and roll there and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. I can't believe... Anyway, um, it was amazing. I cannot believe that someone's house was opened up with parents that were like, yeah, yeah, come along, it's going to be this epic party, and it was crazy, and I was 13 or 14, I can't remember, and I just was like, man, I really want to go to this, it's going to be awesome, <laughs> I thought it was going to be mad, and um, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go, and, but my mum knew about it, word, word travels around, my mum's like um, the Mother Teresa of her area, and her ears low to the ground, <laughs> and um, she knows everyone, and anyway, so she knew about it, and I was like, hey, mom, yeah, I'm going to go to this party, it's going to be awesome, um, what do you reckon, and she knew exactly what was going on, whose house it was, who was going to be there, what substances were going to be there, um, and she was like, nah, I was like, come on, mom, please, this is going to be so good. You don't understand, Mum. I really want to go. You know, stop thinking about yourself. Like, I just, I want to do this. And um, we got into this big argument. And um, I don't know. At the end of the argument, uh, she just stopped and she looked at me and said, Can I just say one thing? Everyone's paying attention. This is really good. Brother Boyd tonight, everyone. A few of you know that there's these Brother Boyd moments in time where I just want to be your brother and um, love you. Jess knows. <laughs> Garth knows. Um, sometimes I just want to love people, you know. Um, so anyway, there's this old Hebrew saying. I didn't forget where I was. We'll get back to that. Um, there's this old Hebrew saying, it's super old. If there's anything worth saying, if there's anything of great meaning, if there's anything worth saying, it's worth saying beautifully. It's worth saying beautifully. And um, if we can get our Bibles out, we're going to have a look at a couple of scriptures. And Psalm 139, we'll, we'll quickly have a look at. Um, and we'll open to verse 13, and we'll go to 14. For you created 
my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows our inmost being. That's profound, isn't it? It's, it's quite beautiful too. I love that imagery. Um, then if we move along to Luke twelve seven, we, we see something pretty cool. Um, indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And we don't need to worry about the sparrows. I just wanted to, to know about God knows the hairs on our the hairs on our head. And so if it's worth saying beautiful if it's worth saying it's worth saying beautiful, we go back to Genesis. Um, we go all the way back. Don't put the scripture up yet, that's cool. Um, we we go back to Genesis and we see this incredible imagery, this beautiful poetry being um, presented to us in the first few chapters. It's just so um, full of meaning. It's bursting with meaning. It's, it's bursting with imagery and numbers and all these things that come together and tell an incredible story of our origins. I love, I love it. It's just so, so beautiful. And, and we see that God is creating spaces and then he's filling them. And we see that he creates a space for the, for the light and the darkness and then we see that he creates a space, uh, this, this thing called sky and this thing called waters. And then he creates another space and it's, and it's land. It's, it's all this land. And then the next few days he fills that, that, that space for light and that space for darkness with the sun and the moon. And then he fills that space with, of the sky and the sea and he fills it with the birds and the fish. And then he fills that space um, of the land with all the creatures of the earth, big and small. There's this creating a space and there's this, there's this filling. And then he creates a space of us, this, this sacred, this, this incredible moment where he fashions us together in, from the dust, starts putting us together, and he creates a space in us. And then he fills it with his breath with the very breath of life, creates a space in us and fills us with the breath of life. Let's have a look at that scripture in Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. So much beautiful imagery there, isn't there, in these, these three passages we just read. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. He knows our inmost being. He, he knows the hairs on our head. He, he breathed. It's not getting more intimate. It's not getting more beautiful. It's not getting more nurturing and loving and caring than this, guys. He created you. He created you. He knows you inside and out. He knows exactly who you are, who you can be. Let's just stop and think about that. He knows exactly who we are inside and out. It's comforting, isn't it? For some of us, it's dawning. 
but God's gracious and he's kind, so please don't be afraid. God knows our frailties and our weaknesses. He knows them full, full well, and he loves us anyway. And so we look in Genesis, man got some sweet, sweet breath of life breathed into him, and we see this story unfold where uh, Adam and Eve get presented this perfect way of life, this perfect life with an incredible amount of freedom to do and to build and to name and to, there's all this freedom to live a life how you want in this perfect way, this, there's a perfect order, there's this life to live and if you do it according to his way, there's so much freedom in it and they're presented this life but they're also presented with a choice You can choose to live this life of God's perfect way, or you can choose not to. You can choose not to. And I think we can relate to Adam and Eve here, don't you think? Don't you think we can relate? We we as Christians, we, we get presented this perfect life that we can live out with all this freedom that's in inside, but we are presented with this choice. We're presented with a choice. We can choose it or we, or, or, or we, or we choose not to. And um, being the human beings they are, Adam and Eve chose not to. <laughs> Just like every one of us here have chosen at some point, some stage, maybe Tim hasn't, I don't know, but everyone else I know has definitely at some point in time decided not to live um, in this perfect, most harmonious, most beautiful, beautiful way. And um, we're frail, aren't we? And, we? and we make mistakes. But God's big. And he knows us. He knows our inmost being. He knows in inside and out. He knows that Jamie lost a few hairs the other day in, a, in, a, in an amazing haircut. Um, so did I. My gosh, I just wanted a little bit and bam. Um, but that's cool. Uh, <laughs> wow, we're frail. And so we, we make a mistake. We make mistakes, don't we? Um, but God in his boundless, boundless love, in his boundless love, he decided to... Um, work something out. Knowing that we weren't going to live in this perfect way, he sent the way, the way, the truth and the life to earth. He sent Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords to earth so that he could take our stuff ups, our sins and our shame and our frailty, take it to the cross, die a pretty brutal death, um, but come back to life on the third day, taking away our sin and shame and, and enabling us again to, to walk and to be in rhythm in this perfect way of life. He made a way for us to be in perfect relationship with God again and gain access to life in its most purest and most fulfilled form. 
if we look at John 10.10, what we see is this amazing scripture that has blown my mind for a long, long time. It's so profound. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What does that mean? To have life and have it to the full. Is there something that we are missing out on? I think there is. I think there's something that um, we, we sometimes get glimpses of and, then we, and we don't. And that's okay because God's big enough. But should we not try? Should we not attain to this full life? There is a life in all of its fullness. The, the, the richness of what we were created for, this life in total, fulfill, total f- fullness, right, where we live so fulfilled that it feels almost euphoric. It's like, oh my gosh, this is life. You're breathing this life in through the nostrils that God is breathing to you. This, oh my gosh, life in all of its fullness. That is what Jesus came to do, to let us live life in all of its fullness, in all of its fullness. It's, in, it's incredible. I, I, I sometimes, it, you get glimpses of it, don't you? I know that um, when Candace um, is serving people, when she's, um, you know, meeting the, the lowly and the poor and, and trying to meet their needs or coming around a friend that's, you know, carrying great heartache. And when she gets to minister to these people in love, this is what she said. This is what she said to me years ago. She goes, it's like I'm breathing a whole new oxygen when I'm doing what I feel like I'm here for. Is she breathing God's breath? Is she breathing in this life and life to the full that, has, that we all have the opportunity to breathe in? Life and life to the full. Life and life to the full. So we can relate, I think, with Adam and Eve, that they've been presented with this life and life to the full, and then they choose not to. They choose not to. Um, and I think what it comes down to, and when you're reading that scripture with, um, in Genesis, when, when, you're, when you're reading through it, when they get presented uh, with this option, this choice, I think there's an underlying question. And I think that it is, do I really, really believe that God knows me and wants the best for me? Do I really believe that God actually, actually wants my best life for me? Do I trust him enough? Do I believe him that he wants what's best? best for me. And I think we can all relate to that. There's times when we want to take life into our own hands because we think we know what's better. We think we know what we need and we think we know what we need to have a fulfilled and blessed and, and this life. We, we think we know what we need. 
And we get to this moment where we choose to maybe follow our own instincts, follow our own desires, instead of trusting that actually God has a perfect way and he does love us and does want the absolute best for us. Do I trust that God wants the absolute best for my life? Should I do what I believe God is leading me to do? I know there's a lot of us here and they, they, they feel a strong pulling at the moment in their life to do something, to do something. And they know it's from God. Do I trust him enough that he's got my best interests at heart? Garth and Jamie would have wrangled with this. They would have wrangled over and over. I feel compelled to go to Africa and start a church. Oh, (laughs) do I trust that that is my best life, Lord? Is this what you... Am am I going to trust you here? And they're trusting. They're going to trust. And they believe that God's best life is for them to be in Nairobi, building God's kingdom and doing an incredible job at it. Should I do what I believe God is leading me to do? Should I trust God with my finances? Should I save sex for marriage? Should I stop after this drink and not get drunk? Does God really love me enough to know what's best for me? Does he really love me enough for me to have my best life? Because I think getting that little bit more drunk, I'm going to breathe this life to the full kind of life. It's going to be epic. Do I trust God enough? that he has my best interests at heart. The first Christians thought so. And they believed that to live this best life and to receive it and to cultivate it and for it to work at its peak, at its prime, at its most optimum level, they were to actually do away with some things in, in, in their life. They were actually... And there's this beautiful imagery again to take off the old self, throw it away and breathe this new life and live this life the way God intended it to be lived. See, God has a perfect way for you to live your life. Everyone's unique. Everyone has their own path. But there are certain things that God, they're all through the scriptures, guys. I'm sorry, they're all through the scriptures. There's little... um, Keys to live by. I swear I hear that on the radio of Christian radios. Keys to live by. There's certain keys to live by. There's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of variety in your life. But there's certain keys to adhere to if you want to breathe this oxygen and experience life in all of its richness, in all of its fullness. The first Christians thought so and believed that they were to let go of the ways they once lived because there was this new life that was getting breathed into them. And they had worked out that if they wanted this new and incredible life in all its fullest measure, they were to follow God's way, 
Jesus and live like him. And live like him. Ephesians has this reoccurring theme, right? It happens over and over again. If you if you were to truly study the scriptures, there's so much meaning just under the surface. We skim through a lot and we we miss so much. But if we choose to actually study the scriptures and dig just a little bit, get around someone that we know that spent a lot of time in the Word, ask questions get a concordance, get things. If we were actually to look, there's so much more meaning, just a, just a few millimetres under the surface. And what we find is when things are mentioned over and over again, that's because they're trying to tell you something, that there's an important theme going on. And in Ephesians, there's this, there's this um, I guess, uh, this desire for the readers to, and it says it over and over again, it says, to attain the full measure of the fullness of Christ, to, to find perfect life in, in Christ. You actually find it in Christ. Your best life is in Christ. And he's urging them. He's urging them. Your best life is in Christ. Please don't stop at just getting saved. Please don't stop at just um, saying yes to Jesus Press towards God and lay a hold of your best life. It's this life to the full kind of life that Jesus spoke of. And so in Ephesians 4, 17, and then and all the way through to chapter 5 and 21 is this amazing little passage of Scripture that we're going to have a little bit of a look at. Um, but it's not just there, it's all through the Word of God. There's so many keys to live by. It's, they're everywhere. He doesn't want it to be a guessing game. <laughs> He's pretty clear. He wants what's best for you. He genuinely does. Um, so I'm not going to read out Ephesians, if you have pen and paper, Ephesians 4.17 through to 5.21. I challenge you, if you do have a pen and paper, that you would write down Ephesians 4.17 through to chapter 5.21 and just read over that in your own personal time. For now, we're just going to go to 4.22 and we'll go to 24 and we'll read this little bit of a passage. It says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Wow. Is that profound? And to put on the new self created to be like God? Rewind back to Genesis, back when we were talking about Genesis, you'll see the Trinity so perfectly and beautifully whispering to each other, let us create them in our image. Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It is attainable through faith. That's a whole other message. And so during through this passage, we see... Um, 
that there's, uh, then it goes into some of the things we are to do away with. If we want to attain this full measure of life and life to the full in Christ. Here are some things it talks about, okay? Stop lying and slander, stop lying about and slandering others. I want you to just take a minute on that. Just chew on that for a bit. Stop lying about and slandering others. Stop doing it. Yeah. It's profound, isn't it? Because, and I've done it. I've slandered the crud, podcast listeners, out of people. Of course I have. I'm a human being. But I'm not finding my most fulfilled. I'm not breathing this amazing life. When I do it, I start to breathe a toxic life that we're trying to detox ourselves from, right? Stop slandering others. It's great. It's great. Stop doing it. Words to live by. Um, If you're angry with someone, don't get bitter and start gossiping. You can find everything I'm saying right now, you'll find in that passage. If you're angry with someone, don't get bitter and start gossiping about them. Don't brawl with each other. Stop bickering with each other. Stop fighting each other. It's not your job to tear someone else down. That's not your job. It's the devil's job. Instead, um, forgive each other, forgive each other, and build each other up with kindness and compassion. It's in the passage. Stop doing this. We're here to build each other up. If we see a brother or sister has a weakness, don't whip them. (laughs) Be kind and compassionate and let's build them up. Let's pray for them. That's a good idea. Let's pray for them. Heaps of people don't like Tony Abbott. Are there many people praying for him? I don't know. Stop bitching and pray. It's a great, it's words to live by. Words to live by. (laughs) Oh, you only need to be on Facebook for two minutes. Oh, labor this, liberal that. Stop bitching and let's pray. I reckon that's a good idea. I reckon that's words to live by. And I reckon when you do that, you'll breathe some sort of different oxygen. And people will notice it too. Um, Here's a free tip from Brother Boyd. If someone has wronged you, don't wait for them to say sorry. That's that's big. That's big for some people because some people have been super hurt by people that I can't even fathom how hard it would be to forgive them. But you can wait for an eternity to forgive them if you're waiting for them to come and say sorry. We have to go to God, breathe his life and life to the full. And in that, he will enable us to forgive. And for some of us, it's tough. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not trying to belittle it and make light of it. I know it's hard. But when we truly forgive, again, Bam. Bam. 
when we truly forgive, oh, you better believe you are breathing in a new breath of life from God, your creator. Do away, you'll find this in this passage and many more passages. It's not a, it's not a profoundly new thing. It's do away with sexual immorality. Covers a, a whole lot of things. Do away with it. Do you trust that he wants your best life? Do you? Save the bumping of uglies or the bumping of beauties. Save it for marriage. Please. For all you people too, this is, this is like revolutionary to some people, right? It's, it's like, wow, oh my gosh, really? Yeah, 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 really. Um, and I think that I, if I can do it, I did. I actually saved myself for marriage. And I'm, this is not to bring condemnation. It's not at all. If you have had sex outside of marriage, I'm here to say to you today, it's okay. And God in his graciousness is going to let you breathe life and life to the full. The scriptures are so clear that he can restore and reconcile all things to himself. No condemnation. But I, I think that if I can do it, some of you don't realize I have the hottest girlfriend of the time. You guys don't understand. Oh, but my boyfriend's so hot, my girlfriend's so hot. No, they're not compared to what my girlfriend was. People think I'm joking too. I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. I'm a real guy. I've got testosterone. I, I, I had the hots for her since I was 14. I waited until I was 22. That's years and years of looking at that booty, looking at, at all these, these, the splendor, the majesty. Seriously, guys, seriously, guys. God actually does want what's best for you. I had a mate that had copious amounts of sex with copious amounts of women. I'm talking, like, I think he saw Solomon and saw his falling as a, as a challenge. Um, he was like, yeah, all right, 700 plus 300, all right, yeah, let's go for it. Um, and do you know what he would talk to me through the years, over and over, it's like, all I want is a wife. All I want is to have that one person that I can love. Maybe God does know what's best for us. I wonder how many times this person just walked around and around and around a wife. Who knows? Who knows how long he prolonged? I don't, it, it, he, I don't know. I don't know. These are things that are beyond me. I don't know. But God knows. And God 
does want what's best for us. I was even thinking maybe, look, but why? What's the real point? Why should I not have sex before marriage? Why? Like what, you know, I don't really know. I just know that it works. I just know that it works. Maybe there's something that is fashioned in you in the waiting. I don't know. Maybe there's something that is um, just being beautifully orchestrated behind the scenes that you just don't see, but you get to experience it when you save yourself and give yourself to your husband or your wife on your wedding night. Who knows? God works on a different plane, a different plane. Also says, don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. It also says, actually in this passage, to not get drunk. It says to not get drunk. It doesn't say to not have a few drinks with friends and family and have a good time. It doesn't say that. It just says, don't get drunk. Don't get wasted. Maybe there's something there that he wants to protect us from. Maybe there's, maybe there's habitual patterns that he wants to take you out of. I don't know. There's something. Let me guarantee you this. Oh, God's a, you know, he's taking away all the fun. Maybe he knows what's best. Life and life to the full. Do we trust him? Life and life to the full. Jesus came to give life and life to the full. Do we trust him? There's so many times when we think he doesn't. And we show this this attitude by our response. Now, these are just a few things in that passage. But there's people here tonight, there's so many people here tonight that have many different things that they know. For, for, uh, know, For some of us more mature Christians, a lot of that stuff is for maybe immature Christians that I touched on there. But there are mature Christians here tonight. I'm not forgetting you. And you know that God's... He's got something that he's whispering to. He's got something that he's pulling you. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, I do it all the time. God, do you really know what's best for me? Do you really have my best interests at heart here? Because I feel like if I do this thing that I feel that you're calling me to, I don't know if you are going to give me my best life. I don't know if that's where my best life is found. I don't know where this life to the full is actually going to be there or not. I don't know. And we deny. So remember that argument I had with my mom and and she got to the point where she just said, can I just say one thing? And I was so angry. I was spewing. I was hating it. And I said, what? Like an arrogant Pimply, 13 to 14 year old kid who probably thought he had heaps of wisdom when he probably didn't and was actually, to be honest, not heaps, a little naive. Actually, no, heaps heaps naive. Um, What? 
what mum? And rightfully, my mum looked at me a little hurt, because <laughs> how many times have we said that? Oh, I've just got to tell you this one thing. Oh, what? Have you done that to your mum before? Have you done that to your dad? Have you done that to your husband or your wife? What? And mum is just looking at me. Now she's getting tears in her eyes, and I'm like, damn it. And she looks at me and says, I just want you to know that I love you, and I only have your best interest at heart. The Don. That's my mum. God wants those things too. And I think he made it so powerfully clear through Jesus Christ and what he did for us. He loves you and he just wants what's best for you. That's it. How many times in our life at different stages have we been walking with God and we can feel him? We're just about to do something and we feel this little whisper and we go, what God? How many times? And if we were actually just, if we would shut up and listen, we'd see God just looking at you with tears in his eyes. I love you. I just want what's best for you. I just want what's best for you. I just want what's best for you. I created, I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I know your inmost being. I know the hairs on your head. I know exactly who you are and who you can be. I just want what's best for you. I just want what's best for you. There is a life to the full kind of life. And he does want to breathe it into our nostrils. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him to take the leap of faith that he's calling you to? Do you trust him to throw off the old self and live the new life? Do you trust him? I love you. I just want what's best for you. Let's stand, church. Some of us are here tonight, and we have just been getting undone over and over this last month. Things are coming to the surface. Things of the old life that we know. It's If we want to experience life and life to the full, we know we actually have to throw away. We know we've got some things we need to throw away. And some of us are here tonight and we know that God's calling us to do something. He's asking us to step out in faith in some area. It might be in areas of of finance. It might be in areas of whatever. But you know God's whispering. He's saying, can I just say 
one thing. Wherever you are, in whatever stage of life you're at, God's looking at you right now saying, I love you. I just want what's best for you. Trust me. Trust me. Do you trust me enough to take the leap? Do you trust me enough to let go of some old lifestyle? Do you trust me? I love you. I love you. I love you. I just want what's best for you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless fame.